Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Good morning, church. We are so glad that you are joining us. Why don't you join us as we worship our great God? You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. You're the only hope among the chaos. You are the voice that calls me on. Louder than every lie, my sword in every fight, the truth will chase away the night your name is power over darkness freedom for the captives mercy for the broken and the hopeless your name is faithful in the battle glory in the struggle mighty and won't let us down fail us your name is I know it is written, hope is certain. I know the word will never fail. I know in every situation, you speak the power to prevail. Louder than every lie, my sword in every fight, the truth will chase away. Your name is 
Church awakens, we believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, shattered darkness, light arrives in heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens, we believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. Is power over darkness? Darkness, my God, that is who you 
keeper and you're the light in the darkness God no matter what we're going through day to day you're there with us you're more powerful than the things that we're going through and you're there for us and we can trust in you knowing that you have what's best for us God we thank you for that in Jesus name amen Hi, welcome to Renewal. We're so glad that you could join us today. Before Pastor Jared comes and shares a brief message with us, we wanted you to know of a few things. First is our online connection card. We ask that everybody fill this out every single week so that we know who's here, so that we can help you take that next step, and so that we can know how to pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer at Renewal, and we would love to know how we can pray for you. 
The second thing is we wanted you to share the link to our online services with people you know. You know, we've been hearing amazing stories of people um, and their friends and their family finding hope in our messages, and we know that you can share that same hope with those around you. So take a couple minutes, post this link on your story, post the link on your feed, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, your family, and share the message of hope that is found in Jesus. Today, Pastor Jared's message is on triumph through trials. And it's out of the book of James, which actually has one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. So I'm excited. I hope you lean in. And before Pastor Jared joins us, let's spend some time in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you, God, uh, for the way that you are with us and that you will never leave us or forsake us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to receive the message that you'd have us receive today. Thank you, God, for the peace and the hope and the strength that is found in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hi, and thank you for joining us at Renewal Church today. My name is Jared Kirk, lead pastor. To those of you who are first-time guests, thank you for joining us. I hope to see all of you when quarantine is over and we can safely get back together. Now, today I want to start off by telling you the story of Charles Luzzi. Charles was a decorated World War II veteran. He was given two Purple Hearts and four Bronze Star Medals for his heroism. Just incredible. He wanted to graduate from high school, but he had to leave just before his junior year started in order to help his family financially. See, for Luzi, his parents were Italian immigrants and they wanted their son to go to school. But because his dad wasn't earning enough and his mom was disabled, he felt it was more important to go to work to help out. Now, right after World War II, Luzi got married and he had three daughters and he worked as a shipper at After Six Formal Wear until he retired in 1994. And he said this, and this is just, this gets me every time. He said the only regret in his happy life was not fulfilling his parents' dream of completing his education. That was until he added another honor to his collection when he finally received his high school diploma at the age of 97. That's a man who learned to persevere and it rewarded him even at the age of 97. He learned to persevere and to get through anything. It's an incredible story of perseverance, but I wanna share with you a story of the kind of perseverance that's possible with faith in your life. Some of you may have heard of a woman named Corrie Ten Boom, but she was a Dutch Christian and her family hid Jews during the German and Nazi occupation of World War II and the Holocaust. They constructed a secret room in their house. It was located in Corey's room in a buzzer so that when the secret police would come through and do sweeps, they could hide their guests. Now, soon enough, an informant alerted the police and the entire Ten Boom family was arrested. Corey Ten Boom was sent to uh, solitary confinement for three months, and after three months, she was sent to a sham of a trial, and her and her sister, Betsy, were sent to the Ravensbrook concentration camp. And guess what they did at that concentration camp? The only thing they knew to do, they started a Bible study. 
Betsy's health started to decline at the camp. And just before she died, Betsy said this, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Just a few weeks after Betsy passed away, Corey was released on a clerical error. If you're a person of faith, you might call it an act of God. And she went home and guess what she did when she got home? The only thing she knew to do, she started hiding mentally disabled people in her home to help save them from execution at the hands of the government. Later, Corey Ten Boom said this of her experiences. I know that the experiences of our lives, when we let God use them, become the mysterious and perfect preparation for the work he has given us to do. She kept trusting God in the hard times and it developed an incredible kind of faith in her. In her. Today, we're talking about going through trials and what it looks like. And when you're in the middle of a trial, you really only have two choices. You can escape from it or you can persevere, from, persevere through it. But if you persevere through it, you gain something from it. You, you get something out of it. And as a pastor, I've had the privilege, one of the most meaningful experiences of my life is walking with people through hard times. And one of the things that people discover in hard times is this. It's this simple truth that can change your life. It is this. If you keep trusting God through your trials, you will gain a faith that can get you through anything. If you keep trusting God through your trials and through the difficulties you are going through, when you come out on the other side, you will possess something new. You will possess a faith that can get you through anything. And if you understand this, this will give you joy and hope in the difficulties that you're facing. But if you don't understand this and you don't see this, you'll always be confused about the hard things you're facing. You'll always be wondering, God, what are you doing here? God, why are you letting me go through this? You'll get discouraged and it'll be so much harder to make it through those trials than when you know for a fact that God is building and doing something in you when you keep trusting him in the middle of those trials. This has the power to change your perspective on the hard things that you're facing. And let's be honest, we all know that right now, a lot of people are facing some hard times. Maybe you've lost your job because of quarantine, or you've lost your income, or you've lost connection with people that you love and care about. If you're an extrovert, this is like hell on earth for you. It's just, where are all the people? And if you're an introvert, it's even worse because you might be trapped at home with other people you can't get away from. And so all of us are facing, sometimes they're very big things, sometimes they're more you know, they're like inconveniences, but they're just grating on us. But we're in the middle of a trial together right now, and we're looking at how to get through it with perseverance. That's why I want you to open your Bible to the book of James today. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he knew something about going through trials. James ended up leading the first church at Jerusalem. And actually, the fact that James um, was a follower and believer of Jesus is pretty good evidence for the resurrection if you think about it. I mean, James didn't follow Jesus during his earthly ministry, but something happened where James said, oh, oh, he's really the sinless son of God. Now, let me ask you a question. What would you have to do to convince your brother and your mother that you were the sinless son of God? You see, Jesus' resurrection is what changed everything in James' life. Now, James is overseeing the church at Jerusalem, but um, God had said, I want you to take this message about Jesus to the ends of the earth, but they weren't going, they were staying. And so God scattered this church to send the message, and the way he did that was by sending persecution on that first church at Jerusalem that James was leading. 
But when James writes this letter to those Christians, he does something interesting. He doesn't just talk about how to have faith in the middle of persecution. He broadens the topic out about how to have faith in the middle of all kinds of trials. And so when we read the book of James, even if we're not facing persecution, we still understand how we can go through trials, how we can keep trusting God with faith in the middle of hard times. And so I want you to open up with me to James chapter one, because we're in the first week of our series, Triumph Through Trials. We're going to be working our way through the book of James. And here's what James chapter one says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, a couple of things I want to point out to you about this passage from the book of James. The first one is the one that's just right there in the first sentence, is that you can have joy in your trials. Now, not happiness maybe, but it's been said often because it's very true. Joy is different than happiness. It is deeper than happiness. And you can have joy in your trials, not because you're a crazy person, not because you love trials, but because you know there is a purpose to your pain. When you know that God is using this trial for good in your life, you can still have joy. And what James means when he says that you'll be mature and complete, not lacking in anything, it means that you will have a full-grown faith. You'll have a faith that can get you through anything. Now, when people in our church are struggling, and it might be with quarantine things, or it might just be those ordinary things of life, your marriage is falling apart. Your singleness is lasting way longer than you ever hoped that it was. I'll come to them and say, listen, I am never going to say this is why God's doing it in your life. I don't know all the reasons that God has, but I can tell you at least one good thing God is going to bring out of this. If you keep trusting him in the middle of your difficulties, he will produce a full grown faith in you, a faith that can get you through anything. Another thing I want to point out from this verse is that every trial is a test of your faith. And what's, what's a test? It, it proves whether something is the real deal. When I bought a condo a couple of years ago, we have to get a home inspection first and the inspector comes and what are they, what are they looking at? They're not just, they don't just want to know, does it look sturdy from a distance? They're going to inspect the foundation and see, is it really sturdy? That's what a faith is. And when you're in the middle of a trial, it's a test of your faith. You get to find out what kind of faith you really have. Is it the kind of faith that looks good from the outside? Is it the kind of faith that's on the front row with the hands raised, but then when things get tough, it crumbles? Or is it the kind of faith that's built on a sturdy foundation that can last through anything? Now, um, the word that James uses for trial here in Greek is the word crucible. And it was something that they would heat gold in and the impurities of it would melt away. And as it got hotter and hotter, it would purify the gold. And that's what a trial is in your life. You put your faith inside of it. The, the circumstances of your life heat it up and the impurities melt away so that over time you end up with a pure faith, a faith that's less about what can I get out of it? And a faith that's more about, God, I know you're with me through the darkest night. And so these trials refine your faith so that you have a faith that can get you through anything. Now, one of the coolest things in the Bible to me about this is this exact thought about trials being a refining fire 
is also found in a letter that was written by the Apostle Peter. And the reason that's so cool is because James and Peter co-led the Jerusalem church, which means they were there living together and they use almost the same words. You kind of get the sense that they talked about this topic a lot. Listen to how Peter describes it in 1 Peter 1.7. It says, trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Every trial is a test of your faith, and it's a chance to get a stronger faith. And here's the last thing I want to point out to you from this passage. Perseverance here, James says, you know, you got to keep persevering. Perseverance here means to keep your faith in God. It means to keep trusting him even when times are difficult. James was talking to people who were persecuted because they were following Jesus. They were following his way. They were believing in him and trusting in him. And so for him to persevere just meant, hey, don't deny your faith in Jesus. Keep trusting and keep believing. And to me, that is unbelievably encouraging that sometimes persevering through a trial just means holding on to faith, believing that out of these bad circumstances, God is going to bring good in my life. That's what it means to persevere. And when you persevere, according to James, you gain, uh, you gain something. It says you'll be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, a lot of places in the Bible when it talks about maturity, it's usually talking about um, effortlessly doing what Jesus would do if he were in your circumstances. To be mature as a Christian means that you're like Christ. You love well. It's not about the, the, the capacity of your knowledge. It's about the capacity of your heart to love people well. But here in James, it has a shade of meaning to it where he's talking about faith. He's saying your your faith is going to become mature and complete. You're going to have a full-grown faith, the kind of faith that can get you through anything. So I wanted to share with you today a story from a person that I think has done this incredibly well in our church. He's a positive person. He's an upbeat person. A lot of people don't know that he's come through a lot because he has that incredible upbeat and positive attitude. He's not angry. He's not bitter. So I wanted to hear, I wanted you to hear from him today. Go ahead and take a listen to our interview together. Jonathan Howell, how are you doing today? What's up, Jerry? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing really good, man. Today we're talking about persevering through trials. And I've, I've just seen this, that trials define so much of what makes you who you are. They define your story. What's some of the trials you've faced that you would say, you know, people maybe don't know this about me, but it makes me who I am? Um, there's so many different things that I deal with, so many different trials that I've been through um, from childhood up to now. But the main one that I can think of right now is anxiety. Um, anxiety has been like a major issue in my life. I've, I struggle with anxiety till this day. I go to therapy with, for it. And, um, and like over the years, I always felt like there wasn't, you know, I felt like I wasn't part of something. I felt like that there's been so many things that I couldn't understand in my life and I never knew why. And, um, and, you know, you know, as I've been getting closer to God and I've been, you know, going to church more and been reading the word, I'm starting to understand those things. But yeah, to answer your question, anxiety has been like the main, the main thing that I've been dealing with. Those are like the trials that I, that I deal with. Um, yeah, man. Anxiety day. is a huge one for so many people. What it, what's some of the practical things you've learned? You say, when I'm going through a trial, when I'm feeling anxious, this is the thing that helps me persevere in faith. It's just, again, just reading the word, just understanding, understanding what we go through and what, you know, and understand that we can't do it ourselves. Like, 
you know, if you read Proverbs, you know, it says like something about like trusting the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Again, it's not about understanding, like me trying to understand myself. There's certain things I will never understand about myself. And there's certain things I will never understand in terms of situations. So it's like, you know, giving it to God, let God take control of it. And like, again, so for myself to get through these things, it's just being steadfast in the word, just keep reading and keep trying to understand what God has for me in terms of my purpose. Yeah, man, that's so big. What, um, maybe we'll just end it this way. What, what is the most important thing you've learned about persevering through hard times, holding on to faith in the middle of your trials? You gotta love yourself and you gotta understand that, you know, without God, you can't get through, you can't get through certain situations that you don't understand. You got to trust God, keep faith in God, keep being steadfast. You know, in James, James 1, blesses the man who remains steadfast in the trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. That's it right there. Just understand that, keep going through the test and keep, keep being, keep being strong, keep your heart with God and everything is going to be great. Yeah, bro. I love that so much. I also love your beard. Your beard game is better than mine. Oh, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) Hey, bro. Thanks for sharing that with us today. I know that's going to encourage a lot of people. Hey, God bless. Talk to you soon. I love you, man. Appreciate it. I'm so thankful for Jonathan Howell being a part of our church and how God's been at work in his life. Now, as we finish this last section of the message today, we're going to talk about how to get really practical about how to keep trusting God in the middle of your difficult circumstances. But before we dig into those, I want to talk to those of you who are listening today and this coronavirus has really shaken you. Maybe you thought about the fact that you're going to die for the first time and it was like this light bulb went off and you thought, man, that's a heavy thought and you just don't know what to do with it. Or maybe the the relationships that you were depending on or the money that you were leaning on. It's like you were leaning on a staff and then it just splintered in your hands and the things you were trusting in gave way. And maybe, maybe your life is, is crumbling a little bit right now because you've put your trust in the wrong things and you need to put your trust in God who will never leave you and never forsake you, and never let you down. I mean, you've discovered something that all of us have discovered, that without God in your life, life becomes hell long before you die and have to worry about the real thing. And you realize, I need God in my life. I need to put my trust somewhere that can hold the weight of my trust. Well, I want to encourage you. You can put God first in your life. You can trust him today by starting a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. God is inviting you into a relationship with him. And to to say yes to that invitation that God's giving you, you just need to turn from your way of living and put your trust in him. You need to lay down your will and follow his will. You need to say, not my will, but thy will be done. God, I tried it my way and it didn't work. And so I need to live your way from now on. You got to put your faith into words. And I'm going to lead a prayer at the end of the message today. And if you'd like to join in to make that prayer your own, you can put your faith into words. And then you plunge away your past and are baptized to show the world that you're laying down your will to follow the will of another. And if you make that change and you put your trust in God, he will get you through your trials and he will work your bad circumstances for good in your life.
Now, once that relationship with God is in place in your life, there's a few other things that you can do to keep trusting God in the middle of your trials. And I've got four things. I'm gonna go through them quickly and I wanna encourage you to pick the one that is most applicable to you today. To trust God in my trials, I, number one, confidently ask God to give me wisdom. This is from James verse five. You know, trials always bring up a lack of wisdom. You say, I don't know how to get out of this or I don't know how to get through this. And are you gonna trust in your wisdom or are you gonna trust in God's wisdom? That's how you trust in him in the middle of your trials. James says it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't fault you. He doesn't say, ah, you idiot. Why are you asking me for wisdom? No, God gives generously when you ask him. And check out this promise from the Bible. And it will be given to you. That's a promise from God's word. But... When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And so you need to confidently ask God to give you wisdom in the middle of your trial. Live his way, not your way. So maybe it's this simple. Every morning when you wake up this week, you pray this simple prayer. God, please give me the wisdom I need to get through this. That's it. You're you're acknowledging, I don't have the wisdom, you have the wisdom, I'm trusting you. And the crazy thing is that the Bible says, if you pray that prayer and believe he'll answer it, he'll give it to you, a promise from God's word. So to trust God in my trials, I confidently ask God to give me wisdom. Number two, I focus on my spiritual status rather than my financial status. Almost all trials have a financial component to them. And so you may be very, very wealthy and think to yourself, you know what? I have a lot of money in the bank, so I'm good. Or you might be on the opposite end of wealthy and think, I don't have any money. I am freaking out right now. But here's the thing. Both of those thoughts for the, for the rich and for the poor reveal that you're trusting in money rather than trusting in God. James says this though, believers in humble circumstances That's a very polite way of saying, those of you who are broke, (laughs) believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. He means they're spiritually, they're sons and daughters of God. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. In other words, your wealth doesn't make you high in the eyes of God. We're all the kind of people who need a savior, right? So James' focus here is he's saying, hey, stop focusing so much on your financial status and start focusing on the status of your soul. So maybe your application is is just this this week, is that instead of meditating on your money, you are going to start journaling about the state of your soul. You're not gonna meditate on money, you're gonna meditate on your soul. And you just need to set aside a chunk of time this week to say in the middle of this virus, How is my soul growing? How is God enlarging my soul through this? Let me make a confession to you. I'm a guy who meditates on money. I look up my accounts and I see how I'm doing. I know where every penny goes. I know how much is in every single account. And if I'm not careful, that could reveal a trust in money rather than a trust in God. And if that's you, I wanna encourage you. I'm gonna join in with you this week. I'm gonna stop checking the accounts and I'm gonna start saying, God, what are you doing in my soul? All right, number three, to trust God in my trials, I keep eternity in mind. Trials have a way of narrowing your focus so that you're just thinking about 
right now and you're just thinking about my problems, right? But trusting God means realizing he has an eternal perspective for life. James says it this way. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. In other words, when you trust God, keep trusting God through your trials, right? God has an eternal reward for you. And so maybe to trust him is to stop focusing so much on today and to look forward to eternity. Now, I wish I had uh, some, some deep mystical way that you could do this. I have never found a better way to reset my time horizon as a person than to wake up every morning and read my Bible and pray. It doesn't have to be long, it could be five minutes. But I say this all the time, the average Bostonian has a five-year plan, the average Christian has a 50,000-year plan. We are just eternity-minded people. And when you wake up each morning and read your Bible and pray, you are resetting your time horizon on eternity. So maybe this is your next step. You need to say, you know what, come hell or high water four times this week, first thing before before I even eat, no, no Bible, no breakfast. I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible and pray and focus my thoughts on eternity. And here's the, last, here's the last way that we can trust God in our trials that James gives us. Number four, I don't blame God for my temptations. You know, one of the strange things about is that during a trial, one of our greatest temptations is to blame God for our temptations because it's showing a lack of trust. If we say to God, God, you're setting me up to fail here. You're tempting me. James says, no, stop. Listen to what he says. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I've got to take responsibility for the temptation in my life. It ain't God's fault. Because if I was a perfectly pure person and I never had a bad thought, you could put me in the middle of the worst trials in the world and I wouldn't be tempted. No, temptation comes when I have these broken desires inside me, things that I want more than God or more than loving the people God has put in my life. So you can't blame God for it. You got to take responsibility for it. Now, uh, we put together, myself and Nicole, mostly Nicole, put together a one-page PDF on how to overcome temptation in your life because we just... If you want to take some responsibility for dealing with temptation, we want to help you. Because trials, let's be honest here for just a second, trials turn up the heat in your life, and the more stressed out you are, the more likely you are to turn to old sinful patterns. And so your temptation right now has risen when it comes to whatever that thing is for you. Maybe it's online shopping. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's pills. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's sex. Maybe, you know what it is, don't you? Because everybody's got one. There is no one in our church and no one in our world who is exempt from feeling tempted during trials. But overcoming those trials, refusing to blame God and instead taking responsibility is one of the ways we show our trust in him. And we wanna help you with that. So fill out the online connection card today and everyone who fills out that card, we're gonna send it to because no one wants to check a box that says, hey, send me the thing on temptation because I'm a huge sinner. So just put a name and an email address on the online connection card and we'll make sure that you get the PDF. So let me ask you, those are the four things. To trust God in my trials, I need to ask him to give me wisdom, focus on my spiritual status, keep eternity in mind, and I can't blame God for my temptations. Which one is God saying, hey, you need to pay attention to this?
and then write it down. Maybe share it with a friend, with a spouse, or with someone in a community group or someone that you, you love and care about. All right. Now, friends, when we come out of this, and we're going to come out of this, are you going to come out stronger or are you going to come out weaker? Is your faith going to come out in a better place or is it going to come out in a weaker place because we took away the Sunday gatherings? Let me encourage you with this. If you keep trusting God through your trials, you will gain a faith that can get you through anything. Now, to those of you who you need to put your trust in God, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And you can make this prayer your own to verbalize your faith, to put your faith into words and tell God that you need him in your life. And I want to invite you right now to pray along with me. Let's pray. God, I need to lay down my will and follow your will. I've tried living my way and it didn't work. I am sorry. I need to live your way. Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. So would you please be my forgiver? And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Would you please be the leader of my life? God, I want to trust you to lay down my will and follow you. Would you come into my life and save me and teach me how to live and get me through this trial? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you prayed that prayer today, that is so awesome. God will come into your life and it will change everything for you in a hugely positive way. But your next step is to let us know that you're taking that step because you need to plunge away your past. And baptism is the best way that I can think of to show that you're laying down your will to follow the will of another. So make sure you in particular fill out the online connection card, although we're asking every person to fill it out every week. All right, thank you for joining us today. Next week, we are continuing our series, Triumph Through Trials in the book of James. And since I keep getting this wrong, I want to read it. Next week, we are talking about one truth that will lead to a better life. If you get this, things will change. But if you don't get this, you might hear and hear and hear from God's word or from the Bible. But nothing ever seems to change. So make sure you join us next Sunday and share this link with a friend. Text it to them. Send it online. Put it on your bio and Instagram. Drop it in your story so that we can get the word out there about how Jesus is Lord. Be blessed. Go trusting the Lord that has great plans for you. Amen. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.